Hi folks, I'm Sage and this is here for the Bants. Unfortunately, RP is not in good health currently and can't be with us this evening. All the loves to RP. Um, yeah. We are wishing him a speedy recovery and uh, no lasting effects from this. However, I have with me the lovely Sako Tumi, who has agreed to co-host in his stead. So, Sako, please introduce yourself to my listeners. Howdy! I'm Sako Tumi, also known as Cass Voight. I write horror, and I'm a witch, and I'm a graphic designer, and sometimes I combine those three things. So if you are looking to market yourself as an author, or you're looking to be a witchier witch, please drop in my channel. I would love to see you. As always, all of the links to all of our channels will be in the show notes, and uh, we will also go through the social media things at the end of the episode. This is the episode that wasn't going to happen. We originally had scheduled for episode four a discussion of American Horror Story Murder House. We could still talk about that if you really want. <laughs> um, no, that's that's okay. We will save that for when RP is back and uh, it is his favorite show. So it would not be right to cut him out of the discussion. Anyway, uh, that was the plan. And then last week, Wednesday or Thursday, I suddenly realized that it was almost November. And in writing circles, that means NaNoWriMo. I reached out to RP and I said, should we do a NaNoWriMo episode? And he said, yes, that sounds like a fabulous idea. And I said, okay, so should we move the AHS episode on one? And he said, yes, that sounds like a fabulous idea because he basically goes along with whatever I say as far as the podcast goes. That's funny. Episode four became episode five so that this could become episode four and then RP fell ill and we were not sure whether we were going to postpone or cancel the episode and then I thought no as it is a time sensitive topic uh, we should go ahead with it. And Sako volunteered to co-host. So thank you, Sako. Anytime. Um, why don't you tell the listeners, if there is anyone who is unfamiliar with NaNoWriMo, what it is? So NaNoWriMo is short for National Writer Novel Month. And basically people from all over the world spend 30 days writing 50,000 words, which is basically a, a, an adult novella or a YA novel. And you essentially have the support network of the entire world behind your back, both as accountability and as um, actual like pepping you up and giving you inspiration and all there's events going to be happening all over the internet. Usually we have physical write-ins um, that's going to change a lot this year. I think there's going to be a lot more virtual write-ins on Zoom, on Discord, on StreamYard. And there's so many writer goodies. You're going to notice a lot of activity over YouTube for sure with a lot of pop-up write-ins, a lot of new people going to come on the scene. And I, for one, am here for the fresh blood that you get when you reach 50,000 words, like a certificate that says, hey, you did it. Um, you get discounts on software, you get discounts on merchandise, 
one of my favorites is this um, scarf where you can have your first draft printed on the scarf. And it's it's gorgeous. Um, you can order Edgar Allan Poe, Mark Twain, and there are like two more authors. Or you can upload your own stuff. That, so that's something that one of these days I'm going to do. That's going to be super fun. Also, NaNoWriMo is run by a charitable organization. Nonprofit. Um, yeah. A nonprofit uh, called the Office of Letters and Light. They run various literacy programs and encourage young writers, and uh, it's all very worthwhile. So there are uh, many donation drives through the month of November to try and raise funds. And within the writer community, especially on uh, if you are on uh, writer-specific social media, like uh, Twitter has Writers of Twitter um, and Writing Community, and Instagram has Writers of Instagram, and YouTube has AuthorTube and CreatorTube and various other hashtags. Facebook also has specific writer communities. If you are in or around any of those communities in the run up to November, you'll see a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth um, mm. as people try to decide whether they're going to do nano or not. Um, and those who have decided that they are uh, try to make their way through something called Preptober, which is basically taking the month of October to prepare for your NaNoWriMo project. Even pantsers need prompts. So NaNoWriMo has spin-offs as well. Uh, Camp NaNoWriMo happens in April and July every year. In the November NaNoWriMo, the goal is default 50,000 words, not a novel. But in April and July, you can set your own target. You can also count in pages. You can count word count like usual. You can count in um, scenes. You can count in whatever method that you are doing. You can work on scripts. You can work on poetry. You can work on anything you want, really as long as Absolutely. it's the written word. The only thing is Nano or the Office of Letters and Light recently up updated the nano uh, nanorimo.org website yeah and the tracking on the website no longer allows for anything other than words uh which is a bit of a problem um what i did in yeah they april, merged everything what i did in april was i was writing poems poems especially the way that i write them tend to be very short they average 50 to 60 words a piece to say i'm going to write 50,000 words that means i'm writing a thousand poems during the month i set the goal of 72 poems over the month and on the website i put in 72 as my goal and the website looked at it as words but i just updated every time i wrote a poem i added one to my count i've seen people do the same thing where they they work out how much they can write how many words they can write in an hour say it's a thousand five hundred words that they write on average in an hour and they then set their goal according to how many hours they want to work thesis are you doing nano 
Yes, I'm, I'm okay. So what I'm doing is what they call a nano rebel. A uh, nano rebel is basically when you put 50,000 words of another project that's already in progress. Typically mm -hmm. with nano rebel, you start fresh with a news story and you go through the, the roller coaster that is writing a first draft. What I'm doing is I have about 15,000 words of a story already. I would like to add another 25,000 to that. And I'm working on the book with BC as well. So I'll put another 25,000 towards that. So 25 plus 25, 50,000 mm -hmm. words. So I'm yeah. I'm splitting my energy to, to two books this, this nano. That makes sense. For clarification for the listeners, I want to say that uh, the term nano rebel applies to anyone who is writing anything that is not the first draft of a new novel project. Right. So if you are working on your, for university, if you are working on a comic, redrafting something, working on something that you had previously worked on, fan fiction is technically nano-rebel because uh, it's, it's not, not your own story. Yeah. It's not, not an original. There are, there are all sorts of nano-rebel things under strict nano-rules, if I can put it that way. Not that there are really rules, but under strict nano-rules, you are allowed to prep and plot and plan ahead of uh, nano. Um, you are not allowed to write on the project. So I am also a nano rebel this year originally i was not going to do nano this year because i launched my second poetry book yesterday which was the start of nano and i figured i would be too tired to uh, actually do anything but then i decided that uh, i would like to still do nano so i am working on a much less serious project I am doing Yu-Gi-Oh! fanfiction. Yes. I have spent the last two days... Uh, so I have, at, at the moment, I have just over 1,200 words done. A novel that I started writing before my mom passed away more than five years ago. I'm counting it, but it's actually... But I have been thinking that that is not really working for me because I'm still trying to write plotting words, not story words. But right. I'm still counting it because I don't foresee this this fanfic being 50,000 words long. <laughs> um, so I'm not a planner. Okay. So I know my starting point, my end point, and my midpoint. Mm-hmm. But how I get from the start to the midpoint and from the midpoint to the end point is completely open. What I usually do is, um, I call it tent poles. I um, do something similar. I actually have a 30-day beat sheet designed just for Nano. It hits the five points. So you got your inciting incident. You got your three plot points. You got your climax and your epilogue, which might be an epilogue. It might just be a last chapter, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's basically the, the denouement of yes. everything being tied up in a little bow at the end of the book. And you spend the last 
three days basically going back and looking at your chapter one and making sure your stuff flows so you have transitions between chapters because some of us write out of order. Um, if you don't write consecutively, I would take one of those days uh, at the end of the month to where you can go back through and work on your transitions. And then you send it off for editing, for developmental edits, or to your alpha reader. There's no rule that says your alpha reader can't be an editor. There's no rule. But I would not, I personally would not pay a developmental editor until my uh, draft had at least seen an alpha reader first. Oh. Um, because I know how I write. I underwrite and I write very rough. Oh, I got you. So sending that to a de developmental editor is not going to work. I'm going to pay through my backside for it and then have to do it again when I redraft. Mm -hmm. So um, I would send to a critique partner or an alpha reader first and then uh, after rewrites to a developmental editor. Anyway, that's that's a whole other discussion. That's, that's like when it's all <laughs> over, yeah. Um, that is the post-nano. And then, uh, so what I'm doing is for a while, I've been uh, hearing a lot about Save the Cat. And I haven't read Save the Cat. I do have it on my Kindle. I just haven't read it yet. But I got a Save the Cat beat sheet with all the explanations of what each beat is. My thinking was, because I struggle with plotting, Okay. if, if I do the save the cat on a project that doesn't matter, mm. that is low pressure. Low pressure, but I wouldn't say it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, the thing is, it's not a, it's not a serious project. Um, okay. so it doesn't matter if I screw things up. So fan fiction is the one place where I'm probably, I'm, I might send it to, to a beta reader just to make sure that my grammar and everything is, is fine and that the story flows Sure. and that there's nothing jumping out and going, what the heck's happening here, but I'm not going to be paying a developmental editor or, you no. know, I'm. Not, on, not for fan fiction. Not for fan fiction. So yeah. that that's what I mean by it doesn't matter. It's not a it's not an investment. Yeah, I got you. If I try out save the cat on a on a low pressure project and I can make it work on the low pressure project, then I will try it on my uh, the the big project that I've I've been struggling with. I so. find, so you can be as specific or as vague as you want to be on that beat sheet. Mm -hmm. So if you're more of a pantser, just be like, well, this is the moral of the, of the scene. Mm -hmm. Like, I want this to happen during the scene. And that's where my outline stops, right? Mm -hmm. So... I'm like, this This is the important part of the scene. This This is the thing that needs to be accomplished in that scene. How I get there, I'll figure it out. 
<laughs> so, because also originally when I started uh, conceptualizing this fan fiction, um, it was a dual POV. Oh. And as I was uh, working through the Save the Cat, so for each beat, I had two beats oh. within the beat because okay. I had for character A and for character B. Okay. And then I decided, you know what, that's, that's getting way too confusing, mm -hmm. way too complicated. So what I did was I split the document. So I now have one document for character A, one document for character B, and a third document for all the stuff that I had previously written when I was just sort of dreaming up this, this fanfic. Right on. So each beat... Um, I'm going to share the document on the screen. Obviously, the podcast listeners will not be able to see it. For each beat, I've literally got a paragraph. Ah, there it goes. Of what needs to happen. Right. Obviously, other things can happen too, but that's what needs to happen. For example, set up a multi-scene beat. So for mm -hmm. each scene is a paragraph and i have gotten to i have gotten to all is lost oh so i'm almost at the end yeah i might still go back and do the same thing for character two or character b whatever i was calling them if i do that then what i'll do is i will combine the outlines once i've completely outlined them and then go and write the the story but i'm still not convinced that i am actually going to go with the dual pov what i i might actually pull uh stephanie mayer on this one uh -oh. and do this fiction this fiction do this fic from character a's point of view and then not the same story but the same the same timeline yeah. from character b's point of view Right. The big thing that I'm worried about is fanfic has a bit of a problem with head hopping. Yeah, it does. And I don't want to fall into that. And I'm worried that if I do the dual POV in one fic, I'm going to head hop. There's also another way you can do it. Um, mm -hmm. The way that I see a lot of authors handle dual POV is um, chapter one, Character A, Chapter 2, Character B, Chapter 3, mm -hmm. Character A, Character 4, yeah. Character B, etc. Rolling POV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I might, I'll see how I feel when I get to the end of Character A's outline. If I feel like Character B's experiences are necessary to make the story a complete story, then I might look at that. Otherwise, I think I'm probably going to do character A's story first and then character B's story separately. That's probably a good call. So I had to come to the idea of my Anchor series being a six-book series. I started it writing in first person but I have mm -hmm. scenes that happen when he's unconscious and what the other characters are doing mm. so I've decided that third person is better so that we can see like what happens when yeah. Enzo's not present so that is the thing theoretically still write the character A story mm -hmm. with character B's 
bits in it if I did it third-person omniscient. However, it is a romance fic, and I don't personally like third-person omniscient for romance because it feels too impersonal. Mm-hmm. For, for romance, I like either third-person close or first-person. Same goes for horror. You want to know the experience uh, of the one person. And that way you know as much as the character knows. With horror slash thriller, there is another option that I quite like. And that is second person. Second person is super fun, though. It's super fun. It's super creepy. But it is difficult to pull off. I guess so. I don't know. I never had a problem doing second person. I think because in in World of Darkness, your prelude mm-hmm. is usually in second person. That's true. So, like, for NPCs and the like, they would say, well, you would play this character like, like this. You woke up yeah. one night and you didn't know what happened to you. That is actually a really good point. Um, also, you are coming at this as someone who has role-playing in their blood. That's true. You are a, a role-player and a storyteller and a DM and a GM born and bred, where I am coming to this uh, having only played my first Dungeons & Dragons scenario in, what was it, May? I think so. I think so. And now now playing Vampire the Masquerade weekly mm-hmm. or uh fortnightly, um, as sometimes happens. Um check your email when you get the chance. Hold on just a second. I'm sorry. Okay. Check your email when you get the chance. Okay. Um yeah, don't worry about it. I will cut that out. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I am relatively new to role-playing. I've done other gaming, but it doesn't have the same storytelling element. Yeah. So basically I've been writing stories and playing through them since I was like seven and... I never stopped doing that. So going from role player to writer was like super, super easy. However, the beat sheet is super helpful for those who don't dream up storylines and based off of other things. And is usually not in the form of, I, I know some people who do just have a full story pop into their head. I, and they know. Yeah. Start, middle, end, everything in between. Yeah. I'm not like that at all. Um, Me either. <laughs> more often than not, I will just have a scene or a conversation or sometimes just a single line that I know I need to make into a story. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to make it into a story. That's my problem. I see. If you are having trouble with where to take an idea, that's where NaNoWriMo is a really great place to go because the inspiration that you can get, say, on I, a lot of uh, NaNoWriMo regions, you can 
you can sign up with your region, which means uh, people in your area who are also writing. Mm -hmm. You can sign up with the group and and hang out and talk and do all those things. Many of them have Discord servers, uh, like ours definitely has a Discord server. And you can pop up in the Story Help channel and be like, this is my idea. I have no idea where to take it. And then 15, mm -hmm. 20 people will throw in, throw their idea in the hat and you can choose which one is best for you. Absolutely. Um, there are also on the nano forums, there are, excuse me, I forget now what each of the, so instead of keeping that to myself, I go into that topic on the forum and I say, here's my idea. You are welcome to have it. And then other writers who do write space opera can come in and adopt that idea. Also, topics is called, but there's one for abandoned plot lines or plot ideas where yep. I get struck by this fantastic idea for a space opera. I don't write space opera. I'm never going to write space opera. We've spoken a little bit about sprints. Sprints are, are a big thing in the writing community, especially during Nano. A lot of, I haven't seen it much on AuthorTube, but definitely uh, when I was still attending live write-ins or in-person write-ins, uh, we used to have optional prompts. You set the time, you say we're going to sprint for 20 minutes and uh, you need to make your character cry or your character finds a secret room in their house. Right. So there's a prompt, there's something that you're writing to. Now, if you are writing a story or working on a project that you are super serious about, then you may not want to do the prompts because you don't want to waste word count on this random idea of my main character finding a secret room in the house when it has nothing to do with your plot. Right. But you may also just need to write that side story to get past a block. Crawls are super fun. So yeah. like a crawl is basically they give you a prompt and they time it. You write furiously for whatever, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, something like that. And then you get the next prompt, which moves your story mm -hmm. forward and moves your story forward and moves your story forward. So it, they're really great for like starting something from scratch and a great exercise, but I probably wouldn't use them to write a book. Exactly. <laughs> I generally end up, if I do use a prompt, it doesn't go into my main project. It goes into a separate document. And I use that for like limbering up, if I can put it that way. Sure. Um, or if I have reached a point, um, because I know that other writers will understand me. Sometimes you get to a point in your story where your characters are just not talking to you anymore. If RP is not well enough to come back uh, for our next episode, which is scheduled for... You know what I do? You basically start deleting until you start writing again. That would give me serious anxiety. 
you you can keep a copy of your original draft, but like you basically backtrack until you feel like you could take it in a different direction, and then you take it in that new direction. That's something that I have never thought of before, but I will definitely add that to the toolkit. Um, what I like to do is uh, take a side character. Sure. Uh, that adventure might be going to the corner store to get milk, mm -hmm. but just not working with the characters who are giving me trouble. Right. And not working on the plot point that's giving me trouble. Mm -hmm. And take them on an adventure. And I find that, that quite often that tangent, even though it almost never makes it into the book, the 16th of November, I would like to invite you back for a NaNoWriMo part two. I would love to. And then we can talk about week two and week three and the muddy middle and mm -hmm. all of those difficult writerly topics. Usually at this point in the episode, uh, RP and I discuss our media assignments. Oh, Obviously, RP is not here, so my assignments for him and his assignments for me have been put on hold until he can be with us again. But if you have a piece of media that you would like to recommend to me and to the listeners... Absolutely. Uh, and then I will recommend one for you. For the Words is super great. What For the Words is, is basically a role-playing game, like a video game, but you mm -hmm. use your word count as your weapon. Say there's a very well-illustrated critter that is worth, it, they have like 300 life. So you mm -hmm. need to accomplish 300 words to vanquish that critter. Right. And, and it leads you through this story and it saves all of your work. So you can, it doesn't pub it publicly post it or anything, but you can, I strongly recommend you put your story name somewhere on there because <laughs> they don't, <laughs> they don't currently change that. So I am going to recommend a book to you. It is called Pitch Power by Kate Harrison. And I think it is something that you will enjoy, being that uh, you are all about the marketing and all of that. Anyway, it is Pitch Power. Discover what makes your book irresistible and how to sell it. It goes into creating a pitch, creating a blurb, creating a book description. Which... Picking an unfor unforgettable title, etc., etc. Great. If you would like to join us for the live streams, which happen every second Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern. So I want to thank everyone for joining us. I want to thank Sarko for uh, agreeing to co-host. 
Um, Sako, where can people find you? I'm Psycho Sako Studios on <laughs> Facebook, Psycho Sako on Instagram, yes. and Behance, and Dribble, and society six and uh all of that will be in the show notes you can find me on youtube moon bunny creative is my channel i am at moon bunny creative on instagram i am at moon bunny create on twitter and the here for the bands youtube channel is here for the bands podcast and we have an email address here for the bands pod at gmail.com the next episode of the podcast will stream live on YouTube on the 16th of November. If you've enjoyed this podcast, give us a like, hit subscribe, review us if that is a thing that can happen. And also everyone send good wishes to RP. Uh, we hope that he recovers and is back with us soon. She's Sarko. I'm Sage. And this has been here for the bands. We'll see you again soon.